0: All right, good evening, everybody. Uh, My name is Jen Milston. I see a lot of faces I have never seen before, so welcome. Um, I am a partner here at Lettered Streets. My official title is children's director. Most kids call me teacher Jen or Cora's mom sometimes, but I like to be referred to just as just Jen, child of God. Um, It's important that you know that I have served as the children's director for like seven years now, which is super crazy. Um, especially, I think it's important that you know, that me and kids have not always liked one another. Um, I didn't like kids, they didn't like me, and that, that was just fine. We got along, we got along that way. Um, obviously, the Lord has changed my heart, as I have three lovely kids, Finn up there in the booth running Projection, and Declan and Cora. And my extended family get a hoot out of the fact that I am a children's director and have about 40 kids in my care here at Lettered Streets. But I think it's important that you know that before we engage in this scripture because kids, my view of kids, has really changed over time. And I really resonate with the four verses that Micah, thank you so much for reading. You did a great job. Just read. As a parent, as a non-parent, as a follower of Jesus, a child of God, these these four (laughs) small verses are really important for us. So we're going to pray and we're going to jump right in. Lord, I pray that you would just use me as a vessel for your good news tonight, that whether it's for um, any of us, we're all your children, Lord. So I pray that the word would just soak over us, that we would learn something new and interesting about you and who you've called us to be. So Lord, I pray that your words would flow through me, Holy Spirit, inspire, and we'll continue on our way. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. So this account of Jesus and kids actually happens in three of the four Gospels, which always makes me pause and go, huh, this is probably pretty important if three of the four Gospel perspectives recorded it for us to, to reflect on it. And so as we wade through these simple verses, I want you to imagine that you were there You were with Jesus and the disciples, whether it's on a street, whether it's in a courtyard, we don't really know, but you can kind of feel the energy and chaos. In fact, I think we're gonna bring this story to life because it's just way more fun that way. So I need a few of the cohort to come on up and be my disciples. So thank you, Ben and Zoe. Malcolm, I know you wanted to come and be one of my disciples. Any other cohort want to come and be a disciple? Stand with me. Be my people. Be my people. All right. Entourage. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're standing. Super awesome. All right. So we're setting the stage literally. In each of these gospels, um, the account is more than halfway through the books. So like Matthew chapter 19, Luke chapter 18, we're looking at Mark, Mark 10, so more than half of the gospel has occurred before this account. So, these disciples right here know Jesus pretty well, all right? They've seen Jesus heal people, they've seen Jesus teaching people. Um, in fact, one might say these disciples were probably feeling pretty cool to be associated with Jesus, pretend to be cool. I mean, you are cool, so just be cool. Exude your coolness, all right? Um, and so... You know, they're walking down the street with Jesus, pretend I'm Jesus, and they're feeling like just awesome. All right, in fact, sometimes we might even have an eye roll at how cool the disciples feel of themselves sometimes, right? So here are the disciples feeling important, cool by association, and as they're moving along with whatever plan they had, it doesn't say where they were going or why they were going there, but these people just keep coming and coming and coming and bringing their kids to Jesus, right, which That seems culturally a little odd to us, right? We don't understand, like, here, kiss my baby, here, touch my child, right? Those are not necessarily things that that we would say, Um, but I think it's important to remember um, that kids were viewed a little differently in this culture and in this time. They were kind of like a step up from a pet. I mean, they didn't actually have pets, pets weren't normal, but kids were free labor, right? which you guys are probably like, yeah, that's true, we are free labor. What's up with that? Um, And kids were a way to ensure that the family name and the estate, especially sons, like that was really valuable, to know that the family name and the family tradition would carry on. But still, people loved their kids and they wanted to receive this blessing from Jesus. Hold on, you guys are doing a great job just waiting here awkwardly with me. Um, So, other than that, kids were to be seen, not heard, And if they are seen, they should be helping and doing a task, and if they're heard, they should be reciting like Jewish law or scripture. So you can imagine the disciples' reaction when Jesus is being bombarded by kids. So naturally, I think of like my posse's about ready to close in, and now kids, this is where I want you to help me out here. Okay, yes, kids, all right? You want to come to Jesus. In fact, you want to come to Jesus so bad, it's like Jesus has a whole basket full of suckers, okay? And so, so I've got my posse around here, and kids, I want you to come just step right here to the edge of the, yes, Luke, I know you, just stay right there, though, because I don't want to, and they're like, Jesus, we want to touch you, and the disciples are like, yo, get back, kids, <laughs> all right, and so Jesus is like, wait, no, 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 what do you, what do you, and it, says, it says that Jesus was indignant, which is a really fancy word for saying he was really angry, and kind of you know, annoyed, that the disciples were denying these kids. They are making a wall and saying, you cannot come and talk to Jesus, all right? And so what does Jesus do? Yes, you guys are doing a great job, because I know you want these suckers. And so then Jesus is like, no, guys, stop. These, these kids, this is what we're supposed to be like. We are supposed to be like these kids. In fact, Okay, so I'm going to give you a sucker, okay? Each of you get a sucker, but you, you're not going to eat these until after dinner, okay? Okay. So Jesus instead says, you're special. Thank you. Oh, you guys. In fact, it says that Jesus, can you can trade with each other. <laughs> Jesus looks at each of the kids. He's like, you are special. I see you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, and your little critter right there. Yes, you guys. Okay, good job, kids. You can slowly walk back with your dum-dums. Remember, we're holding onto these so after dinner. But Jesus is like embracing kids, and he's blessing kids, and he's putting his hand on their heads, saying this is amazing. Uh, I don't think I have a root beer. Here, how about a mystery? Okay, and you guys get a dum-dum too. Thank you for being, oh, one more! Ellie, oh, you get a mystery one. It matches your outfit. All right, good job, kids. Thank you, cohort, for representing with me. But you can kind of get a small idea of like the chaos that was around Jesus. And the disciples were like, what are you doing? This is Jesus, this is my Jesus, what are you doing? And the fact that Jesus is like, whoa, T, T, we are all called to be, he's like, we're all called to be children. We're all called to have faith like that. All right. That got me all excited. Give me a second. All right. And so this scripture, as weird and strange it is of Jesus hugging and blessing the kids, Jesus is seeing kids. He is seeing who they are and recognizing who they are and hugging them and blessing them. I'm a hugger so anytime There's like embraces in scripture, it really resonates with me. But also this scripture is a part of what has inspired our intergenerational worship. These wiggly bodies, the loud whispers, um, all remind us that kids and youth, everybody, are welcomed and a valuable part of this church community, just as Jesus welcomed them. All right, so we could end now and just have a lot to think about and ponder. But Jesus takes this interaction a step further than just validating a child's existence and says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In fact, you must be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. What is it about kids that Jesus encourages all of us, because that's what he was saying to his disciples and everyone around, to be like? He's not calling us to be childish, although sometimes I like that but childlike. He doesn't leave us a checklist, unfortunately, of what those qualities are. Um, So I'm gonna just, we're just gonna roll with it. So as the children's director, I get a front row seat to see what the kids, how they process scripture, how they talk about scripture, um, how they interact with each other, and it's super amazing. And they inspire me in a lot of ways. In fact, to help get this point across, um, I would love, for you to hear from our kids, for a quick second, um, to give a little context to some of the guesses of what Jesus might want us to be like. And last week, um, we did a celebration of the Creator, AKA Creation Station, AKA Jen puts out all of the crafts and the kids get to make whatever they want. But they did get a bonus if what they made um, would tell us something about God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. So is there any kids? Kids, the art that you made last week is in the front pew. Does anybody want to share what they made with the church? Anybody? Yes, Quinn, you come on up, girl. All right, I know Harley did. Where'd she go? Come on, Harley. Quinn's up here, sis. Here's your dude right here. All right. Okay, Harley. Grab your. You can grab it and come on up here. All right. Can we have the? Is this one on? Can we have it on? This one? No. Yes. No. Thanks. Hello. Woo. Perfect. All right. This is Harley. Harley, what did you make? I don't know. We'll show what it is. What did you? How did you start this process? And how do you think it turned out? Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Show everybody. Look at that. Look at that surprise of creation. Just exploring (laughs) colors. Yes. Thank you. All right, you can sit down. All right, Quinn, what did you make, sis? This is Quinn. Super creative, <laughs> super creative. And you were telling me you made a dude. Why did you make a dude? Um, because God created the world and he created people. So, so. so, so that's why I made him. Amen, sister, amen. All right. Neil, do you want to share yours? Because yours is super cool too, bro. This one right here. Okay, do you not want to share? You don't have to share. Neil made this cool rock. Thanks, I don't need both of them. you right. <laughs> you don't need to hear my voice twice. Alright, Neil made this cool, awesome rock. It's a rock, right? Yes. But inside, what's inside? Yes, inside there's treasure and brilliant gems. It's like he made a geode out of clay and stuff. It was super awesome. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Ellie, do you want to share, sis? All right. Oh. Yes, this is my friend Ellie. All right, what did you make, Ellie? A snake. Ooh, what's on that snake? Uh, my name is you Look at all those Jack. Okay, show it, put it up really high so everyone can see that cool, jemmy snake. (laughs) What? (laughs) Thanks, Ellie. All right, these are just a small little sampling. We've got, you know, this crazy bird. We've got like a awesome snake. This one Olivia made for like the creation of the world and those are God's hands holding the earth. Anyways, thank you guys for sharing. It takes a lot of courage to come up in front of a group of people and, and say all of that. But I really wanted you guys to see um, kids as they share their creations because kids um, have four wonderful attributes. I mean, they have a lot of wonderful attributes, but we're only gonna focus on four because that's all we have time for and I'm already a little over. But I picked four that will help us become more childlike in our journey with Jesus. And first, as you just done, experienced, their unhindered creativity and imagination. You just experienced their thoughtfulness um, and their excitement to share and a little bit of their nervousness too. And what I love with kids when they create, even as they might even be creating right now with like random pipe cleaners and fidgets, yes, thanks Cora, is that kids, when they create, they're boundless. There's no rules or how they create or what they're supposed to do. I mean, sometimes there are if there's a special project, but I love when it's a free-for-all because they just go to town. And as adults, sometimes we do. We get bogged down by the reason. Why did I create that? What kind of artistic strategy did I use this time? But when kids create, they just do it, they just create with their whole heart. And I get insight into what that might have looked like for God in the beginning when there were no rules and he just spoke things into place, that when he made the rules for life. And with their creativity and imagination, kids can ponder and accept these amazing mysteries about God, like for the Trinity. Kids, do you remember what the Trinity means? Anybody? Luke? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or also, Korah, are we gonna say three in one? Okay, we've been practicing that at home. All right, so how in the world does that happen? How do you have three separate beings into one? And it's like, I don't know, that's a mystery of God, cool, all right, that's awesome, Jen. I like that, Trinity, yes. Or Jesus is 100% human and 100% divine. Wait a second, Teacher Jen, that doesn't add up, that's 200%, I know, isn't that crazy? but that's the mystery of God, and that's a mystery of Jesus. And they're like, all right, that's cool, that's cool. Where's heaven at? I don't know, it's maybe in a different dimensional. All right, I like it, I wanna go there. You know, and kids are so creative and imaginative that they can think outside of the box. They're no longer limited to to like, um, you know, physics and logic and reason. They can just imagine. Whereas adults, we kind of get limited by like, you know, our grown up thinking. So I can see um, the kingdom of heaven in a different lens when I'm talking with children. And it's a pretty important quality when it comes to accepting and seeing the kingdom. And and then I'm reminded that Jesus himself was a kid, right? And so I wonder what he would have seen things um, and experienced things as a child. So because of kids' ability to ponder creatively, um, they can also faithfully follow which is number two. It comes naturally to them. So a few weeks ago, we were, in, um, we were in Chelan. We forgot a few grocery items, which is always, you know, when you go camping, you always forget something. And, but when you go into a new grocery store, it takes five times as long to get five items when you're not, you know, like you don't have your shopping groove that you have of like, okay, I know where things are, cool. Um, and so my kids, me and Jeff, are like scrambling around, of like, where is this? Where is this? And our kids were just faithfully following up and down the aisles. I think it was only Finley at one point in time where he was like, what are we looking for exactly? Uh, the other two were just like, sweet, we're on a scavenger hunt in the grocery store to find whatever mom and dad forgot to pack. And, but I love that they were just willing to, you know, follow along. And it's the same with driving places, unless you have a kid who's kind of like a cartographer brain. Um, you know, they don't, they just follow along. It's not, Why are you taking that street? Why are you going that way? Why are we going to the park that way? That's not our usual way. I mean, sometimes they do. Often they just enjoy the journey and go wherever you, you know, wherever you're going. And really the only thing that they care about is are we there yet? (laughs) But usually because they're with you and they're having an adventure, they just follow. And not that Jesus wants us to be blind followers. But kids have faith, and they can accept things unseen. Kids trust, right? Until someone or some kind of circumstances hinders or breaks that trust, they can still faithfully follow. And faithfully following Jesus comes easier for them than it does for us. And I wish that we could, you know, that we would be able to put our logic and our reason and our doubt and our motivations aside and follow like kids can wherever the Lord takes us. All right, number three, three. Kids have big hearts with big feels. <laughs> for better, or for worse, right? <laughs> and I remember when I was 18 and I realized that I was a follower of Jesus, I also realized a part of my call. And that was to show people that Jesus was not a stoic stick in the mud who was here to ruin all of our fun with all of his rules. But instead, that Jesus is full of life And he came that we may have life and life to the full. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. And so why would we be created with all of these crazy emotions if we're to stuff them and ignore them and mask them? I mean, Jesus himself felt the whole gambit of emotions and feelings, right? And kids model this really well. (laughs) Young kiddos, especially before they can even express words, are showing emotions, also for better or for worse. You know, they they demonstrate immense joy and excitement. ah, Right? Like those screams that only dogs can hear when they're so excited. But they also show frustration, and they get mad and angry and tears. And they show us when they're hurt, both physically and when their heart is hurt. And they show us peace as they snuggle up beside you and get cozy. And kids can express injustice that wasn't fair, fair for them, or fair for me, or whatever. We experienced their pride and excitement, as you guys just witnessed, for their creation. And God created us with these emotions, so therefore there is value in these emotions. One of the, the many things I learned while I got to go on um, the unite trip with the, with the cohort down to California is that we have an awesome church. We have an awesome. you guys are awesome. I love you. But we're also, we're a really scholarly church. And that is not a diss on our church or anything. It's partly why we love being here, is that it's not a roller coaster of emotions. Like we walk through scripture and we process scripture and we think about it. Um, But sometimes with that, I wrestle with living out faith from not only up here in my head and what I know, what I know, what I've read, but then also how do I live out of my heart? And kids do that, so it's like how do I How do I engage my heart as kids do? How do I feel the feels with Jesus, (laughs) right? Like as, as parents and adults who are with children, you're like, okay, so why are you feeling this? What's going on? How can I help you? Like we want them to be able to express what they're feeling so we can help process through with them. Well, Jesus wants to do the same thing, right? How can we encourage kids to share with adults if adults don't share with each other and with Jesus, right? So, um and then i just think back to mark 30 or mark chapter 10 verse 30 where it says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and kids kids you've nailed this you do a great job with that all right and of these three qualities unhindered creativity faithfully following big hearts with big feels it all comes together in one of my absolute favorite thing about kids and that is their ability to sit in in awe and wonder of god And this is a little different than, like, the toddler why phase, you know? We all know that phase. Why? Why is the sun this color? Why, 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 why? So at the end of each of our lessons in kids' church, at least with the older kids that I get to to work with, we process the question of, what stood out to you? What caught your attention in this story or in this scripture? And we're practicing... um, like how the spirit speaks to each one of us, right? Each kid is different, they have a different perspective, and it's all super valuable, and so it's important for us all to share. And a lot of time, the kids will answer with the question, I wonder. I wonder what it felt like when Jesus was betrayed by his friends and left alone. I mean, they don't say betrayed. I wonder what Jesus felt like when he was all alone, when he was arrested. I wonder what it was like when Jesus touched the man who had leprosy and healed him. I wonder what was like for the man who had leprosy? To get touched by Jesus and healed. I wonder why God just didn't send Jesus into the garden right after Adam and Eve messed up. That's <laughs> a great question. And were Adam and Eve sad? How did they feel? And I wonder what made the little boy decide to give Jesus his lunch of the fish and the loaves. And usually after we share our thoughts, we sit in awe and wonder of our creator of our Father, of Jesus. And asking these questions about God and of, of scripture doesn't make us like bad Christians, right? It, in asking questions, we're getting to know God better and Jesus better. It's just like a friendship. And as I realize, as my kids have, kids, have you, anyone gone to summer camp this summer? Raise your hand if you've gone to summer camp. Have you met any friends in summer camp? New friends, yes. Ruby's like, heck yes, I did. Yes, Kenzie? Yeah, good jobs. Way to go. Way to meet new friends, Luke. All right. well what I learned with my kids is I'm like, oh, what's your friend's name? Okay, what school do they go to? What grade? Do they have any brothers or sisters? And they're like, I didn't ask any of those questions. But their favorite color. I know their favorite color. I know their favorite song. I know their favorite dance move. I know their their special skate trick. Like qualities that are a little more authentic to a person versus their sibling order, although that's insightful, too. But that's how we get to know Jesus better, just as we get to know each other better, is by asking and wondering and pondering. And then usually it ends with, oh my gosh, Jesus is awesome, God is super cool, you know? And uh, again, another when we were at, uh, we had small group time each night at Unite, and, and it was cool to see the youth asking those questions too about scripture and, and pondering and, and processing through the day. And at one point they're like, Jen, does this make you like weirded out to have us be your teachers as we're asking all these questions? And I was like, not at all. In fact, the fact that you're asking these questions make me even more excited for you to be teaching because it means that you are engaged in your faith and you're wondering about Jesus and it helps all of us continue to grow as we're all processing through. Alright, so the big, why does all of this matter? <laughs> Why do kids matter? Why are these these four verses in scripture so important to us? Jesus sees the kids, and he calls them. Not for suckers, but for blessings, but you get the idea. And that reminds us of the value of all ages. Everyone who seeks out Jesus is just as important. Then he encourages us, in order to get into the kingdom, you have to be like a child. He encourages to take on attributes of kids. And again, these were only four attributes that I get to witness and I love um, in my vocation, but there's a lot more attributes that kids have um, that are really inspiring. But also to take it one step further, he invites us to step into our role as children of God. Right? To be childlike isn't just about a stage of life, but it's also a place in a family. So thank you, Schoon and the worship team for seeing that song. That was like, boom, right to my heart. Like, I am a child of God. I am just Jen, child of God, and that is all that matters. And so, as we step into this role, like, yes, these are attributes of kids um, as they seek Jesus that we can learn from and grow from. And he challenges us to be childlike because we're his children. We're co-heirs with Christ. I was like, oh my gosh, I could do a whole other sermon on Romans 8 and being, you know, children of God because it's psycho. Like, oh, but I'm, we're going to stop here. So just so you know. But luckily we have a lot of young disciples here that will help remind us and teach us to have a childlike faith, to faithfully follow Jesus, to pray for eyes to see and ears to hear Jesus with a fresh, unhindered creativity of who he is like to put our own agendas aside and faithfully follow our Heavenly Father wherever He takes us, even though it makes no sense at all. Sometimes, sometimes it does. To allow our hearts to become just as engaged in our faith journey as our minds. Both our head and our heart are super important. And to know that Jesus is more than just knowing a sum of His activities and and things like that, but to know Him better as our friend and our brother. But to seek, to ask, to wonder, to find, and to be in awe. To be called a child of God. And I mean, after all, who doesn't want to be embraced by Jesus? Am I right? All right, let me pray for us. Thank you, kids. You've done fantastic. I think you all have earned your lollipops after church. So good job for being the bestest. Father God, thank you again for this opportunity to... Um, share with my brothers and sisters and help us all just grow into what it means to um, to be your children, to have faith like a child, to see you in these new ways as we're inspired by the many kids around us. Continue to go before us and give us opportunities to see you in new lights and new ways. Help us to Not give up pondering the mysteries of who you are because we can't make sense of it. And Lord, mostly, yeah, just help us to know that the most important thing is that we are your children and that you love us and that you sent your son to die for us. That's how much you love us, which is crazy. So thank you so much, Father, for for your scripture, for your word, and for the life of your son. Pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.